in hindsight, like if if we actually knew what it would entail, you would probably think twice. But um... <laughs> filming that episode in particular was amazing. I, the feeling that I had whilst making that was, I can't believe we're recording this. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe this is being recorded. Yeah. It felt like the most internet thing I'd ever done. <laughs> like it was like the darkest corner of the internet was happening in my house for this hour. So let's get this one get him on the bongos or something. Um, uh-huh. So he was four when he started playing bongos for us. This is Riley, the youngest brother? Getting 10% of the earnings. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's very business-minded. And I think that there's a purity to this, which never, which the Bear by Titty Squad were never able to replicate after this. This was our first video. And it was pure because... I don't think we were trying to do anything other than what you see in front of you. Yeah. It was like, this is three guys having fun. Like, oh, like the idea was it is a band that plays with Triple J Hottest 100 in half an hour. Welcome to the flats. Welcome lads. We got DJ Be Kind to other people and Sam Conway, gang gang, welcome. Welcome to the flat. It's been a long time coming this app, so very keen to have you guys in. What's been going on? G'day. How are you? Thanks for having Loving us. Loving it. Loving it. I love that. You, I like that you used my full DJ name. Yes. It's here by my request that you use that for the entire show. <laughs> I, I don't do names. I do sort of bro and man. Oh, and yeah. Bro, you know, <laughs> from here on out. But. Yeah, no, it has. It's been a long time coming. We've or been. Callum, as I. Well, you can really call me Callum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I think something special about this room is you, there's um, some very old friendships in the room as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's creative relationships and also just just regular old just relationships. Old relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we got some new ones watching as well. So if you are watching and you have questions for us today, watching live on Twitch, let us know, and uh, we'll put it to the boys. But uh, you've um, Sam dragged Callum to town for uh, lawn, the lawn Olympics <laughs> on the weekend. How'd it go at Gang Gang? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, we've been we've been wanting to get uh, Kaz up for a gig since, well, for ages. Yeah, we we loved his um three 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 mix. We actually it was we it got was on high rotation during um, I think it was our first lockdown. And um, nice. as, as I was mentioning just before, uh, sometimes when you're running a hospitality business and if you're just working just by like just the owners, we, we were sort of working every day, yeah. starting to get a bit tired, and then we pop on that 333 mix. And, oh, oh. <laughs> get you going. <laughs> three hours, what is it? Three three, it's exact three hours, 33 minutes, <laughs> yeah. 33 seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, so Lawn Olympics was great. Yeah. It was good fun. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty the um, Yeah. It's a bit, you know, we, we didn't maybe put. We didn't have a lot of planning. I think next year we can. It'll probably be bigger and better. But <laughs> I like um, the hand, hands-off approach, though. Yeah, you put kind some of, instructions up. Like you know? I asked you the night before, what is actually going to happen? You're like, I actually don't know. <laughs> but it was amazing that that approach still managed to have uh, not quite an oval full of people, but quite a few people. Yeah, playing lawn games for eight hours. Yeah, and so, like sold out of like a bunch of food. It was, yeah. it was good. Yeah, you did better than the com games. <laughs> they, they didn't even get up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the podium of Olympics, and a you cu- win. A couple of pretty alt games as well. Yeah, um, it's mostly just games that we've sort of found over the years. Mm. Um, crate ball. Did ba- you invent crate ball? No. Nah, 
And we just, I think just a friend had maybe played it at soccer training or something. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they've come from. That's great. But it, it was really, it's really fun sort of towards the end of the night when we were just sitting around and there was mm. like a group of random people playing it. And like the joy when you get that ball in that crate, mm. it's undeniable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You were saying you don't, it's, you don't have to be an athlete. It's quite, an, it's a, it's yeah. an inclusive game. Very inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in the theme of inclusivity, you thought you'd invite your old friend, Cal. <laughs> Up to DJ he for four hours. It. He said, I, I will have a dance floor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I made a commitment to... And he did. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. That, the, the older I get and more boring I get, the less I'm interested in staying up late. Yeah. But I still love the music. So for me, it's like a dance, a good 6 p.m. dance floor. Killer. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a vibe. And it was Pre-dinner cool. dance floor. It was a pre-dinner <laughs> dance floor. And what I liked about it is it, it also with the theme of inclusivity, the dance floor, when I looked out, we had multiple generations oh, yeah. shaking their booties. We went down from, from, from Riley's year level and probably younger yeah. up to, I reckon there was at least four or five people in their 40s and 50s yeah. uh, and everyone in between. That's, that's gang gang. Yeah, that's the gang gang. <laughs> The, the whole gang gang was out in force. <laughs> everything. Yeah. So that was a, yeah, it was a really good day. Yeah, um, yeah I want to do it every year. Yeah. We'll see how the noise complaints go. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to oh, say, can I... 6 p.m. Surely yeah. they, can, uh, they can do it for once a year. I was going to say, can I put you on the spot now, now that we've got all the cameras rolling, oh, and yeah. say, can we do this next year, Locked please? Locked and loaded. Ready, hey, ready to go. We'll see you next, see you next year, Canberra. <laughs> we'll lock it in. Awesome. And and speaking of those generations, you've you've been doing a few of those or become known in uh Melbourne for those under ten gigs. Yes. Which yeah. just look like so much fun. Yeah, and yeah, that's interesting. I've really naturally found them. I've been doing like council gigs for like specifically one for the Wyndham City Council out at Werribee Park with like just ten thousand children <laughs> and their families. And I um that like that that's so good. Just I the love clips it. That you say. Yeah, thanks, thanks. It's in, you know that's it. That's an interesting thing about having a name like DJ Be Kind to other people, which really does seem like it was specifically tailored <laughs> for kids' events. And I think it certainly helps with me getting booked for these kind of events. But it's like, I think uh, it's interesting that I straddle the worlds of like dirty club music for very, very naughty people <laughs> and eight-year-olds. Yeah, well, you do a good job of it too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Would you, you ever do like a, a almost like a Wiggles type thing yeah. where it's like a, <laughs> a, a, a new act that is a DJ? I'm sure. That's pretty dope. Something like that could work. Right? Have you heard of, have you guys heard of Yo Gabba Gabba? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that. I found that really inspiring when that came out. It was like. Play school for cool kids. Yeah. So instead of John the pianist, it was Lance the DJ. <laughs> and like they had like Tony Hawk teaching you how to do a kickflip. Mm. Oh, you can, or they teach you to count to 10 by counting the number of toes hanging off the end of a surfboard on a hang tan. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's interesting though. I'm very naturally finding children's entertainment without, without looking for it. Like um, Sam knows this because I've, recent, I've recently showed him this, like a, a song that I've been working on. It's a, my, my oh, yeah. first and only single as a solo artist, as DJ Be Kind to Other People. It's a pop song and I, and I, I can attest, I'm sure you can attest to this. I did not intend for this to be 
a kid's song, <laughs> but it is very youthful. <laughs> You're a natural child's entertainer. I, I think I'm just, yeah, I'm just funny. Like the name DJ Be Kind to Other People, unintentionally a kid's name. My first single, Everything is a Blessing, unintentionally a kid's song. The song's a banger though. Thank it's, you. It's, 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 I can just, I just picture it at the end of one of those like big um, <laughs> Disney kids movies. Oh, I love it. Like Pixar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Pharrell Williams, like yeah, happy. happy. You know, yeah. It's pretty much, yeah. That's what I'm envisioning is, is like I want to fill the gap that Happy left. It's like mm. the next the I'm next keen to of, see the clip. Yeah, I'm working on a music video for it right now. That's something I'm excited about. The music video for Everything is a Blessing. You heard it here first. It's coming. Is, is the In a song year. out? Or the song's <laughs> not out yet? song's either. not out yet. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to... I'll divulge the, the concept um, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just um, run over it quickly. It's, a, it's very much a passion concept. You did, and you'd only do this if you really wanted to do it because it's incredibly time-consuming and, and costly. But it's a choreographed dance routine in a park in Melbourne with these long, down a long avenue of elm trees. And every time the, and it's this beautiful summer's day and it's myself and three dancers. And funnily enough, we looked like, we even kind of look like kids entertainers with the outfits that I've got. This is also unintentional. Uh, and every time the song changes, um, we're going to shoot it in a different season. Mm. So it's, so you'll be able to do it in one day in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't nice. think of that. Fuck. Got me, got me. So yeah, so it goes from like a, a a beautiful sunny day, the birds are chirping, and then bang, it's raining and it's winter and there's no leaves on the trees, and then suddenly it's autumn and there's like beautiful autumn hues all over the ground, and then there's different props fly in and out depending on the season. So we've got umbrellas, colourful umbrellas for during winter, and we've got colourful hats for during summer. Um, colourful scarves and, um, yeah, but, but look, the long story short is as much as I appreciate your quip, Nick, that we can do it all in one day, in reality, it's going to take, uh, until the end of 2024 yeah. uh, until anyone can even hear this. So I almost feel comfortable sharing the details of everything is a blessing because by the time it comes out, you'll have all forgotten. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, we're looking forward to it. And we know you can pull off these, uh, these big projects. Yeah. Film. Mixing film and music with um, Thanks. with the stuff you've been doing. So I appreciate that. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. I reckon if if uh, if I were to, a bold move would be tooting my own horn five minutes into a podcast, but that would be I think the thing that I'm good at is like um, commandeering like quite large concepts mm. and bringing them to reality. Mm. So this is one where I was really proud of the song, and it's always on my bucket list to make like a a very polished pop song, and then it's like, well, I can't let the video let the song down. The video has to be also quite high concept and executed well. So, yeah, looking forward to um, bringing that to life. Awesome. Cool. And and speaking of big projects, we, you mentioned earlier in COVID working in Gang Gang that you actually decided to launch your event, your hospitality venue <laughs> during COVID. Well, I mean, we but yeah, we bought we bought it. We took over it in the middle of COVID. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> but it actually, that it, funnily enough, it worked for you. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'd be one of the very few people on earth that could say that. I don't. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. I mean, it was it, it was kind of. I guess it was a bit cheaper than it normally would have been. Mm. Um, we also we were running a rock band school um, before that all three of us. And then that kind of, well, that obviously got shut down with COVID mm. and we were kind of keen Jack to, Black refused to work. Yeah. <laughs> just couldn't get a flight over. And, <laughs> um, so we just, yeah, we, we were kind of keen to do something together just cause we were sort of already doing that. 
And um, we joked about it. The, the guy that offered it to us, um, the old owner was sort of like, you guys should take it off me. Like I've got to go. And we sort of laughed about it at first. And then, um, then I don't know, then we just sort of went, oh, let's give it a crack. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was, I think in hindsight, like if, if we actually knew what it would entail, you would probably think twice. But um, <laughs> but once you're in it, you're in it. I was going to say, what about gotta, retrospectively, like where you are now looking back, would you have thought twice? I mean, I love it now. You yeah. know, I, would ne- I just wouldn't want to do anything else. Mm. You but, seem really in your element. Yeah, but it is just like it is. It's pretty intense. We're still pretty poor, and it's like sure. it's like it's yeah. You have these ideas of like yeah, we're gonna do all this stuff and everything, mm. and it's it is maybe not quite that, but um, yeah, it's still it's still really great and fulfilling mm. thing to to be doing. Yeah, it's awesome. I think <laughs> I think your your contribution to the, the culture of your neighborhood is unparalleled and inspiring. I've never I. Uh, of of all of my friends, I, I think your story is the one I talk about the most. <laughs> just just because I mean, coming from, I think, if I may, what I find, what I personally find so interesting about uh, this project, aside from the fact that I absolutely love you, <laughs> is that um, you come from a, a musician background, playing in bands your entire life, yeah, um, and through that through that experience, working a lot with the music industry and, and the hospitality industry. So then bringing that to hospitality um, yeah. and, and then seeing, seeing you run a, a venue through that lens and, and then something I suppose I, I'm interested in is like, what, how do you think those two interplay in, in terms of how you run Gang Gang, your, your musical experience? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fun to be able to, to host artists that we love mm. and like host them with respect and like yeah. just give them a good dinner and yeah. some drinks. And I mean, like we don't have a green room or any of that fancy stuff, but um, just giving them food and drinks and like. Was that something that you think you of, missed? Um, I, I mean, well, it's just funny, you know, like you'd be stoked and you know as well, like you'd sort of, you'd be stoked if you maybe got like, if you got a burger at first show, I mean, that's yeah. amazing. You'd maybe get half price off or something, gotcha. or you'd get a few like of their worst beers. <laughs> 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 and um, so like, yeah. And I, I mean, at the beginning it was, it was really cool to be able to actually just host gigs at all, you mm. know? Um, and I think you, you kind of have to, be a bit sort of you have to really like live music and mm. care, care about it it's, mm. it's not necessarily like a financially yeah i was gonna um, say that that's that, yeah <laughs> it's, it's a bit like being a re- being a restaurant and, and not just being a bar just uh, and uh, specifically yeah. in hospitality like it's if you wanted to do a restaurant it's because you really want to do food if yeah. you want to do live music it's because you really want to do live music because you've got to pay the bands you yeah. got to pay the soundies it's expensive you know yeah like i mean it's so sad we you know it's just yeah the costs add up but it's it's um it's just culture building you know mm. so something i mean we just yeah there's probably a few moments where you'd maybe think twice but we just didn't you know you just keep <laughs> you just keep doing it um and we're just so lucky you know that we have the the cafe that allows us to take those risks and mm. sort of you know we can we can put on shows during covid that only we were only able to sell 25 tickets and wow. um you know we did that for quite a while mm-hmm. and um 
it was, yeah, I mean, most of the time you're losing money, but it was, um, it was really, that was some of the like sweetest nights that we've had, you know, like it's the first shows that people were able to do for, I actually can't remember how long. It was a while though. In, in Canberra? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's been, it's been really sweet. Do you think that, um, you, you obviously have a purity about why you're doing it. Uh, and business is, business can be a very unpure thing because, <laughs> well, because you're dealing up, you're going up against like survival. Like yeah. you, need to, you need to survive. Yeah. So right now you're surviving. Let's touch wood hope that you continue to survive and thrive. You never know. Do you, I was going to say, <laughs> do, you, do, do you foresee a, a potential future where, where there's, where, where you don't prioritize live music? Is that like, would, would that, or would that not be the reason you're doing hospitality? Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's kind of why we did it in the first place. Um, For music. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, I've loved learning about all the other aspects of running a restaurant well, cafe. Um, mm. And I think that's, that's been the, like one of the most sort of motivating things is just how much you have to learn and how quickly yeah, you have to do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Live music is the, yeah, that's the core. That's what, that's why we sort of yeah. did it in the first place. I mean, we, ha we've had to adjust and sort of now we're like a big venue. It's sort of, it's very different. We mm -hmm. can't really, we didn't, we didn't really realize that until it sort of happened that we were sort of, we can't really afford to do, <clears throat> excuse me, can't really afford to do the really small shows if mm. they're ticketed. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because you guys so, have recently graduated to, a, to like a <laughs> would you say like a kind of mid mid size venue? I guess it's still small, but small to mid. Yeah. But then on the, in the cultural landscape of Canberra, yeah, yeah it's a bit bigger. Yeah, because yeah. you've got other venues closing down that would probably be a similar size, like Transit Bar, for example. Yeah, I don't know if they've closed. But are they, are they, they're still around? It, yeah, I think so, but uh, I'm not sure how much. I don't know how much live was it, stuff. Was it doing, Phoenix? But, um, Phoenix. Yeah, they're closed. They're closed. Yeah. Yep. And that would have been a similar size. Yeah. So we've we've actually found we've been we've been playing around with doing some other nights. So we've been like when we see a night that's sort of not that busy, that's that's our opportunity to put on those smaller shows. Gotcha. Um so that's been really good. We've just been doing a few few really nice ones on Sunday. Um Nice. And then yeah, no, we'll always be doing live music. Hopefully awesome. hopefully maybe do some bigger more fun stuff as well later what um, does that look like well i don't know oh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you do know and we're currently recording gotcha if anyone wants to know just ask in on twitch he obviously can't wait to tell you one question i got for you um the latest announcement about the liquor laws for liquor licenses for music venues having that 80 percent reduction mm. how do you think that's going to impact is it going to impact you guys are nah. you going to be applying for that or that's a but too big too big yeah what is it uh it's like an 80 percent fee reduction for liquor licenses for 80 packs or 80 capacity or smaller for okay. music music venues mm. or just but I, I don't know maybe it's just all i think any establishments yeah, yeah i guess that yeah look i mean look any positive change is positive change. Uh, I think like it's it's great that they're giving it a crack. And uh, like yeah, I was part of some of the consultation that they did. Um, they really are. They've got this this whole department um, better regulation task force. That's basically, I mean, I, I it seems like they're sort of in charge of trying to 
enliven the nighttime economy. Okay. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how many 80 packs venues yeah, there I are. Yeah, I didn't realize Canberra. it was that small. Yeah. Because I, mean, I would have thought places like Gang Gang would be the perfect beneficiaries to that after yeah. what you've just said about how and I mean, look, expensive and it can be. As much as I would love to say, I mean, liquor license for is, you know, like that's it's an 80% reduction. That's great. But you're still talking it's about not tipping the scale. That's maybe going to be like what twelve hundred bucks or something. Right, um, twelve hundred bucks off, off a uh, on regular on license. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna be paying musicians like properly, let alone the recommended musicians fee, which is like two hundred and fifty per musician per gig. Mm. I mean, we're we're still not doing that. That's that's like what would that be seven fifty or more for a jazz trio. Mm. Um, What's that like? Two gigs? Mm. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good, but it's there's so many costs, you know, like yeah. insurance, outdoor dining mm. permits. Um, mm. Like it's just there's some big there's some big mm. costs in there, especially for live music venues. Like yeah. we're really lucky because we're categorized, I think, more as a restaurant cafe. Yeah. Um, but I know, like Shaking Hand, that venue that opened, they and then they just closed almost or they stopped doing live music almost straight away because the insurance was just it was just unviable mm. it's just it's so, insane, it's just so expensive it? yeah i don't know why it's seen as such a risk you know it's just sort of like mm. it doesn't really seem they don't really, i don't know if there's even that much evidence to support that it's um that much of a risky activity yeah. <laughs> it's sort of it's I'm, weird i was yeah i was very curious about that shaking hand case that's what i was told i mean i yeah, you know was, I, I don't really know it's just like yeah. You know, yeah, it just seems like how is anyone going to get a lot of music venue off the ground? Nowadays? You just have to be yeah. loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is tough as well. And I think why you guys are this great success story because you come at it not from a financial perspective, because yeah. you come at it from a purely cultural perspective, which I think is just so fresh. Like for anywhere in Australia, let alone Canberra, you know? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, we just don't know any other way to do it, you know. That's <laughs> I love that. By default, we're rocking it. Yeah, I mean, I was a guitar teacher before we started the business. Yeah, I, I had no hospo experience. Yeah, um, yeah, I just well, there's uh, there's no venue that's good out there that doesn't have music as part of what it does. Like right, yeah. like it's so important to any venue. Yeah, um, even a restaurant's playing music. Mm. Uh, yeah, whereas. And you can tell, like, the places that love it, you know, like, you look mm. at Rockford. I mean, they just, they've mm. always got just dope music on mm. because, I mean, they just, they, they love it. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a big part of things. But, yeah, it's, it's just a it's tricky, tricky little spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It's, I, I'm even trying now to think about what venue would, is there that's going to even benefit from that if it is that sort of size, like 80. Maybe the front. The front. Big that Smith's. is. Smith's is a bit bigger, I think. Too big. Probably. Yeah. The front would be less than 80, I think right? they're hoping, right? I think, the, I think the hope is that new places will start. Mm. So they're, they're creating that entertainment district in the city um, where you're allowed to make a bit more noise and trying to create conditions that are more friendly for mm. people to go, oh, well, maybe we'll do a little live music bar in the city. Cool. Um I think that's the hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like you just got to hope there's some 
people out there that are willing to take a punt. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were sort of, we were asked whether, you know, what, whether would we, would we be interested to move, move, a, move a business into the city or, or do something in the city? Who asked you that? Oh, it was just, I was just part of the consultation. I can't, it was just gotcha. a question that came up, you know? Gotcha. Um, and it's, that's the other thing about our place is that like the location is also the part of the it's main, what it's makes like it, the right? main reason we got it was like yeah. the location and it was around the corner from our house. And <laughs> you, do, you, do, you don't have competition there. You've got the oval right there. Yeah. Nothing to compare us to. <laughs> no, not, in a, not in a bad way. It's, it's, it just like thrives on its own, you know? It's just no, I just had no interest in opening a venue in the city. Like yeah. it's just like a completely, for some reason in my mind, it's just like a completely different yeah. thing. Yeah, it does. It's, it does <laughs> seem completely just, different. Um, but yeah, I think the cities are coming back to life and, mm. you know, for some younger people that are in there and okay. in and amongst it, hopefully they'll, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you, would you see that as healthy competition if another? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think the more I, I, I'm, we're always been like that. And that's what I love about um, the people that we know in the scene are people that are just, um, like we're not as embedded as a lot of other places because we, you know, haven't been in it for that long. But, mm. um, you know, like the pilot crew, Ross from Pilot is just like, he's just always just been so friendly and so helpful. And mm. um, and the Rockford guys, like, it's just, it's um, the more great venues there are in the city, the better. <laughs> it's love that. just like... Mm. Love that. It's just gonna bring more people it's out gonna, and about, and bring bring more acts to Canberra as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, you're just you're just fueling, yeah, as you say, the nighttime economy and yeah. giving everybody more of a reason. It, it probably gives everybody a bigger slice of the pie, you know. Yeah, I mean, it brings in like yeah, live music. You're looking at like in, nationally and internationally. It, it, it's great for economies. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> that it doesn't get the. It just does, it feels like it doesn't get the recognition or the support. Yeah. It um, it it should it should get, mm. but yeah. And Callum, how have you enjoyed? Um, you're in a way doing the same thing with uh, Coburg up late. The the show where you talk to DJs while mm. DJing. <laughs> what a mess! Yeah. What a mess! Like, I don't what know what's going on here. <laughs> it doesn't work on paper; just only works, but doesn't work in any other capacity. Well, that's the funny thing because it, it you somehow do make it work, and it's like it shouldn't, but it does, mm. and it's you can listen to it for the music and the conversation at mm. the same time, and you you balance that sort of so well. Mm, how, how have you enjoyed getting to know? Um, those people and having that community form around you. Yeah, that, that's well. been a really nice unexpected bonus. A bit like what you were saying with Gang Gang that you kind of just, you'd kind of just make decisions and then jump on them and then yeah. things would manifest and you go, oh, of course that happened. Yeah, yeah. It's like, of, of course I was going to become more active in the Melbourne dance music community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was never my thought Didn't whatsoever. About it. Yeah. Like I reflect now and it's like, it's been such a pivotal thing for opening doors in my world and, mm. and I think about, you know, if you were to open up my phone and just look at the last 20 messages in any of the messaging apps, almost all of them are directly related to people I've met and worked with through Coburg Up Late. Mm. Um, 
Which is such a dream as well, because I, I'm, you know, uh, when I started the show in 2020, prior to that, all of these people were these like names that I would um, either, you know, idolized or, you know, I'd, I'd had the occasional conversation with, and it's nice to be a, uh, maybe a bit more on a, on a, just on a, like a, just on a personal level with them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I, I, I think I've, I, th- I, yes, the most important thing about Coburg Up Late and the most uh, valuable thing is the relationships that come from it. Such a good show. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I love it. And I'm not like, I, I actually wasn't, I'm more into electronic music now. And I think the show could be part of it just because I watched so much of it. And yep. like, it's just, um, it's just so fun to watch that yeah. Honey Smack episode. Holy moly. Oh, what are the odds <laughs> Which that is, I've just pulled? Dance music made. This was my favourite episode. Too. It's so yeah. good. Software, it's arranged. This was I mean, here's, 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 here's my favourite you were saying? He makes the bass, the boy is banging. <laughs> Which is... That is surely like um, clause four, page 67 of your PhD. And those who are playing at home, that's a Tyree Cooper sample right there. This guy's so From smart. From 1988. Yeah. Actually? Yes. Wait. Oh, no shit. No shit. Oh, my God. So the, vo- the vocal sample? The vocal sample. Like what we just heard? Yes. He makes the bass, the boy is banging is... Tyree Cooper, the producer, awesome, super duper trooper. He makes the bass, the boy is banging. This guy knows his shit. It's amazing. Take it away, Dave. We've yeah, got shout out to 15 or so. David Haberfeld, oh, Honey Smack for um. So good, so good, so and, good, and just full of moments like that, like where you're learning about. So similar maybe He's to crazy. Sam, like I had no real insight into that world or, mm. or interest up. Mm. But, but you know from afar and yep. enjoying the music but you kind of do learn about it Definitely. by watching that that show and you yeah. know even me and you're as, learning exactly yeah, as yeah. the host i'm i am equally i'm being educated in real time as well it's yep. all it's all happening yeah filming that episode in particular was Amazing. I, the feeling that I had whilst making that was, I can't believe we're recording this. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe this is being recorded. Yeah. It felt like the most internet thing I'd ever done. <laughs> like it was like the darkest corner of the internet was happening in my house for this hour. So it's, um, I don't know if it's a great entry episode for Coburg I Play because it's, it's fucking whack. It it's is a, whack. It's really weird. But That's it's great. Why it's the perfect ep- yeah, entry. Yeah, it's, ep- it's a good yeah. episode. Um, and that was special because he was doing it all. He's doing it live. Yeah, doing it all great. live. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. So yeah, there. Um, and you licked his head. Yeah. I did. I licked his head. <laughs> um, it was pretty salty. We were pretty sweaty at that point. Um, something that I have to report about Coburg up late that I'm excited about, guys. Mm. And Sam, you were recently down in Melbourne yep. at my place. Um, and that is that uh, I got a banging tax return <laughs> this year, and I decided to sink it into the show. And so previously what I've done, this is, I've done 35 episodes now. And um, for, every, for all 35 episodes up until this point, I rent most of the equipment mm. uh, or borrow it from friends. And that's obviously financially viable for a while. Um, but it's just the time, the time expense that it takes to pick everything up from all the different rental houses and all the different friends, pay for it. Drive it to my house, uh, organize a day um, leading up to a weekend 
uh, when myself and one of the crew members, Patrick Neff, shout out to you, Neffy, will be able to set up the entire garage. And that means I also need to unset the garage prior because it's, it's my working office. Um, so it's essentially like moving house. Uh, twice because then you have to do it after the shoot as well. Now, let's not forget as well that I'm moving all of the equipment in uh, and I only have it rented for a one-week period, mm. which means that week I need to organise all of my guests, often from overseas, to all come to my house within a one-week period. So it's a logistical minefield. And um, and then the last bit is because we're shooting, we were shooting on a particular camera um, called a RED which is quite an, it's an amazing camera, but it's quite an old camera as well. So um, it could only store 30 minutes of content on it, wow. which meant it was one person's job. One person had to come in and they had to stand next to the red. And then when it gets up to like 29 minutes, they have to s signal at the person who's holding the camera. So there's, there's myself, there's the DJ, and then there's two crew, crew members. Mm. They have to signal to the person with the handheld camera to make sure that you're... You're, you've got a steady shot right now, and then they'll stop, hits, hits, stop recording on the red, take out the card, put in the other card, start it wrangling, hit start recording. There's usually a 30-second break. But that's the only job that they have for the entire thing, which means I have, them, to, yeah. I, yeah, I have to pay this person to be there for that one thing that happens in the middle of the episode. So there's all, these, all of these considerations that I've had to do for, for 35 episodes, which... It's been incredibly fulfilling, but also borderline unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, and so thank you for this tax return uh, and changing things up a little bit. Um, I now own basically all of the equipment. I've got a permanent loan on some of the lights from Pat Neff. Uh, and we're shooting on one of the other camera operators, his camera. And we've managed to mimic the shot. This is such a boring technical <laughs> conversation for everybody. And we've managed to mimic. I particularly like this conversation. And we've managed to mimic the exact same shot as the red using um, using a particular lens on the Ursa Blackmagic Mini there to look exactly go. like there the red, right. um, which means we only need one crew member. So I'm now about 20 times more agile to do the show, which means instead of having to book eight artists in a single period and then just not do it again for another six months to a year, which is how I've in reality had to do it. Now, if an artist lands in Melbourne and says, hey, can I come and do the show? I'm at Tullamarine now. I can be in Coburg in 15 minutes. I'm like, sweet, let me just get Sam over who lives in Clifton Hill, less than 15 minutes away, uh, and and literally hit one switch in my garage and then bang, the hazes spitting out f smoke. All of the lights are on. The microphones are already mixed. They just need to walk in and we need to do it. So Ready to go. Yeah, that's been a, that's, the Coburg I played uh, has very recently entered phase 2.0. It's a bit mm -hmm. of a um, business mind over there by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of redundancies. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it means a lot coming from a, a, a business mind, a business mind yourself. Caused by a government surplus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. Government surplus. Yeah the, yeah, the government has paid for the next season of Coburg. I played. So Can attest it's looking good in there. Thank you. Looking thank real you. good in there. Yeah, when Sam that came. Hazer. <laughs> when Sam came to stay, I um, fifteen minutes before he arrived, I, I flicked on the switch and just smoked the room out. He's and also won. You've also won two CDJ three thousands by being. What? How do you win them by being the best fundraiser for that? 
quick as quick as thieves. Yeah. yeah, which is also on again this year. In, Those things are in insane. Those yeah. CDG <laughs> yeah, yeah, I brought them, I brought my three thousands down to uh, up to Canberra, and we had them out at Gang Gang yeah. yesterday. Outside. Yeah, flew <laughs> the spaceships the outside under the pergola. <laughs> um, shout out to uh, Mike Toner, Thick as Thieves, and the um, Fred Hollows Foundation. Oh, and of course for Pioneer for those amazing gifts. Mm. But yeah, Mike Toner, there's another example. This is a man who I'd consider a very dear friend. And um, Oh, did you meet? Did, did you... Uh, I saw it coming. Oh, you saw it coming. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Toner, this beautiful man on the right-hand side. Um, uh, inarguably the most beloved man in Melbourne um, who I had on the show once and now we're really great mates. And, but now when Mike says jump, I say how high because he does so much for uh, not just the... Uh, uh, elect, Melbourne electronic community, community, but also for charity. Uh, he's raised millions of, literally millions of dollars Whoa. to cure um, preventative blindness in the third world. Uh, and he also does a lot for me. So shout out, Mike. And yeah, just to bring it back to what you what you asked earlier, Nick, in terms of um, uh, the 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 community that surrounds the show, um, that that friendship would never have happened if it wasn't for this show. So I'm really I mean, it's wild. I remember, we, remember when we were at that weird light thing in the park in Melbourne? It was like yes. a bit, well, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't that amazing. Yeah, we're allowed to talk. Yeah, we can say it. There was, there was a shit council event in Melbourne. I forgot the name of it. And we're walking around and we're, we're standing in line somewhere and I see this person sort of just like sort of glancing across, looking across. I'm like, Kaz, I'm, I think some, I think you, one of you, you know someone over there and he's, that's right. This, this guy comes up. He's not, Kind of what you would expect for like an electronic sort of focused show, sort yes. of like just a regular looking guy, a bit older. Yeah. And he just, you know, just, I just had to come say hello. I just, I'm just, I just love the show. Oh, <laughs> that was a good moment. And, and, but I was, I rem- thanks for bringing that up. What I remember about that, about that moment was, I went and gave him a massive hug because he was looking at me like we were friends. Always pretend you remember. That's, yeah, yeah, we've discussed this as well. And and, and then you as a, Cafe owner, I hope that we're allowed to talk about this. And if we're not, you're going to have to edit it out. And if you're watching on Twitch, you're very, very lucky. But um, as a cafe owner and as a, someone that does this show, I think something someone, something we share in common is like you probably know a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's a lot of like there's a lot of friendliness that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I'll speak for myself, although you may share this sentiment, and that is that um, uh, I, I would hate for someone to feel not special. Like you've forgotten who they are, the yeah. you've forgotten their name or their face. Yeah, is that? Can you relate to that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So, so when this guy was looking at me, like, I was like, oh, it's just a guy I've forgotten. <laughs> I'll go and give him a massive hug. <laughs> so I went and hugged this guy, and like Sam's there, and I'm and I'm thinking like just just hug and say like, how have you been? <laughs> And then he's like, no, no, dude, we don't actually know each other. We've never met in our lives. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, no, that's just normal for me to hug strangers. It kind of is, though. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you're not entirely wrong there. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, awesome. And and you, so did, was the Mike Toner, the, the marathon yes. stuff? Yeah, yeah. So was that, did that, what came first, the, the episode or you starting that? So yeah, that's yeah again yeah I'm I'm this crazed marathon runner fundraising lord because of Mike because of Mike Toner just did a half so, Ironman as well oh thank you talk about that later yeah Sweet. sure so, so that was a catalyst for that uh, well fitness was endurance sport was always a part of my life that has been since 2016 but um, 
but there's speci specifically the quicker stage event, which a little bit of context, it's been going for uh, a number of years now. Uh, and it's essentially the Melbourne electronic community, but now also the Australian electronic music community, and it's based in Melbourne, um, running either a half marathon, a full marathon, or an ultra marathon. Last year, there was a hundred kilometers that people did. Yikes. Shout out to Mike Turner for doing it. Did he do it? He did a hundred K. Um, whilst running his um, booking agency and whilst uh, uh, running the event itself as well, which is crazy. Uh, but everybody's doing it to, yeah, to raise money. Oh, there we go. Wow. You were just sitting there just Googling <laughs> as soon as it comes up. Is that the onesie? Uh, yeah. So if you go back, if you go back, you'll see a, a, a onesie. Yeah. So this thing, I really struggled in this thing. My... <laughs> my <laughs> Shout out to my friend, Sam Wiley, who's, who's the best. I've done a lot of training with him and he's a, he's a psychologist as well. And I think, um, uh, he gets a lot of free work out of me. Um, <laughs> he, he's an ama amazing to chat to. And he gave me this onesie to do my eye, my half Ironman in, but I, I don't know what happened. And I know there's a word for it. Um, Oh yeah, Pat had it. Yeah, Pat, shout out to Pat Lucas who gave me this word and I can't quite remember what the word was, but it's, it's when you're so dehydrated that you no longer um, process liquid very well. So I had to pee every two to three minutes for the last um, hour of this half Ironman event. So I'd been exercising, I'd been running, swimming or cycling for six hours at this point and it's my last hour. It's incredibly, it was, it was, I was overheated, I was dehydrated and I, was, I wasn't stomaching the energy gels anymore so I was dry retching. But yeah, that last hour I had to keep, because I had to pee every two to three minutes. Now, this would, only, this would be a minor um, inconvenience uh, if I wasn't wearing a onesie, <laughs> but in a onesie it is a major inconvenience. Uh, and it's uh, made even more inconvenient by the fact that every time you stop moving, your lactic acid builds up and you're inside a portaloo full of other athletes, um, piss and shit. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> and, um, I have to, and, and, and a lot of female listeners will be able to attest to this, but every, every, if you're wearing a onesie and you need to pee, you got to take the whole thing off. And so I had to do, had to do that every couple of minutes. And, and fortunately that I think accounted, Iron Man had accounted for the fact that there would be some people going, experiencing this. Losing it. Yeah. So they put a lot of portaloos along the way. And I was literally the end, last hour. So probably the last like 10 K or so was stopping every three minutes, taking off my onesie, squeezing out the world's most pathetic <laughs> pee. Pulling the onesie back on, <laughs> running another three minutes, repeat process until yeah, I cross the Beautiful stuff. Line. Yeah, you started it. You brought this up. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but you did it. You finished it. I did it. Yeah, I've just signed up for a full Ironman in June. So I'm going to, uh, I remember. It's crazy. It's, it's just a crazy amount of exercise. Yeah, Silly. Yeah. That, that last hour was um, all that I was thinking was either I'm in so much pain or I'll never do this again. And then it, I think it took me about a week to go, all right, I better Let's do it. double it. I better double it <laughs> in Cairns. So that's in, yeah, in Cairns yeah. In, in June. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, so I've got seven months to train though. So I had one month to train last time, which was, many would argue, is foolish. Mm. Now I've got seven months to train. I'm going to take it seriously. I realised how painful it was to not train properly. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what kind of physical and mental benefits come seven from. Seven times to train. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Seven times the training, only hot, only twice the distance. Yeah, yeah, it's only Easy. twice the difference. Yeah, in like <laughs> sub subtropical climate. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe perfect. install some sort of flap. 
system. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I actually bought a Toosie now. Okay. Part of their tax return dollars went towards <laughs> buying a Toosie for that. How for much that was your tax return? Yeah. Well, it, it, it was, it was up there. It's nice. Yeah. It was up there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've actually since found out that a lot of iron people, um, uh, they pee themselves. Yeah. That's where, honestly, I thought this story was going. Yeah, no, no. Started, yeah. Have some decorum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, this, whilst you're cycling or running. Yeah, well, didn't some, was it Pat or me? They were saying, why didn't you just wait yourself? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, because I, I have dignity and I prefer to tell an entire podcast about, <laughs> about my uh, habits. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, I might not have even needed a toozy. Yeah. yeah. We've really taken this off topic. This well, is no longer about Canberra arts. <laughs> nah, fuck that. We can talk about anything on this. Canberra farts? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I can't can't segue this question, but so actually, can, can you try? There's probably let's segue. reverse let's no, reverse engineer the segue. There's a segue here with with diapers and growing up with your brothers okay. peeing in diapers or something I think like that's that. That's good. And, uh, and I had we we had a guest on last week. A cinematographer who works with his wife, who's a director on on shout out to the Baker Brothers, yeah. And I wanted to ask you a similar question that you work with your brothers. How do you get along? How do you find it? And you are also in a band with your with your brothers, (laughs) so a lot of time together. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean. I can only really speak for myself, but uh, I mean, it seemingly is going all right for them as well. But um, I guess we just we just had to learn how to get along with each other from like a young age. Mum and dad took us around Australia a couple of times for like six months when we were, when we were a bit younger. So, you know, you're sitting in the car for like a lot and then there's no other like friends to play with. So you're just stuck with your two little brothers. Mm. Um and then the music came along. So me and Max, we used to busk and um, that was great. We, it was like just so we'd do it a few afternoons a week. And then we were, like, we were getting better and better at guitar. I was going to say, they're amazing guitarists for those that aren't aware. But around the Conway's, Conway's they're incredible but then, guitarists. But the money started slowing down and we're like, what's going on? What the bloody hell's going on here? Oh. Um, we said, yeah, the better you get, we're getting less money. Oh, because it's not we're, as cute anymore. We're getting older. When you're virtuoso. We're, we're, yeah, we were getting older. Oh. And so we're, that's, when, that's when we're like, oh, well, let's, let's get this one. Get him on the bongos or something. Um, uh-huh. So he was four when he started playing bongos for us. This is Riley, the youngest brother? Getting 10% of the earnings. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's very business-minded. <laughs> started young. Yeah, I was going to say, this, you, were, you were always going to buy this cafe. He got more of a share later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then, yeah, I don't know. Then So, like, when you play music together, like, we started started a band with um our first band was Rubicon so that's with Ruben from of Peking Duck fame Ruben um I guess you just like you're always having a kind of resolve problems or creative differences and stuff and um I guess you just learn how to communicate and do you mean on a, like problems. on a personal level you you always do that yeah, well, like in a band, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially and if you're traveling for gigs and doing stuff and like yeah. recording, and you know, it's sort of whoever's sort of written and like say if we, I'd written a song and someone wanted to do something weird, and mm. you have to learn how to sort of let go of things and mm-hmm. when to let go of things or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it actually just set us up really well for yeah. for working together. Yeah, you, know? like, you have an intimate <laughs> understanding of each other. 
you know. Yeah, what I mean? we know when we piss each other off, and like, yeah. Yeah, and we do, you know. I was like, gonna say, does I, that happen? I can tell. I piss them off too much sometimes. Really, you know? I'm a bit. I, I, I'm a bit sort of. I got a busy brain, and I, I think sure. I, I, you know, I'm a bit naggy sometimes. Right, right, right. You know? Do you think that's just the older brothers in probably? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'm but, letting you off the hook. But we get, we get it, you know. That that uh, we just sort of. It's just fine, you know, like we yeah. know each other and so sort of like I realize they realize whatever and it's like it's mm. fine. Um, whereas, you know, that can be a challenge with other relationships, mm. you know. Um, we have years and years of history of knowing that it'll just be fine. <laughs> yes. Um, which is handy, especially when you're yeah. stressed, you know, because we, we've had some really stressful moments with the business, especially with the renovations and stuff. So it's you know you you need to be able to like blow off a little bit of steam or whatever mm-hmm. and um, be able to still work you know well. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, in a way, slow turismo was this amazing training ground <laughs> for gang gang in working together well, in a business relationship. But I think any musician, any ba- any musician in a band that's got to a certain level where you you know you're recording and you're re- doing releases with publicity and shit like mm. that. Anyone is going to have the same tools. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, you don't know until you're doing it. Yeah. Like, oh, this is all kind of a bit similar. But you, I guess <laughs> then you had the extra training of also growing up with these people too. Right. Well, yeah. so yeah. A lot of people start in the band and that's their training for the next thing. For you, yeah. the training was like literally growing up, busking, <laughs> yeah. living together, you're living together, pissing yeah. each other off, and so, and solving problems. Yeah. Pissing. <laughs> uh, there's the segue. <laughs> Nick I mean, we, even, we, we even weirdly went to Meredith's together last weekend. Like yeah. we just, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, which it's, is beautiful. Like the, you, yeah, it's uh, something I really love is that you all obviously absolutely love each other as well <laughs> to the point where you're willing to like continue working, working with each other as well. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Max and Riley. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's uh, pull up a bit. All that. Uh... Pull up a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a classic. <laughs> Are we going to see uh, some new music from from the band anytime soon? Or is it not on the radar at the moment? It actually is, yeah. Um, oh. We've kind of finished the album. What is it? Sort of like six or ten, who knows how many wow. years. Which is super good too. The new record's sounding really awesome. <laughs> We but actually, they're, they're doing that thing where it's it'll never be finished because there's 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 like yeah but why don't we change this moment at you know this millisecond and make this snare drum slightly louder get so get someone to do a collab we keep doing that yeah yeah, yeah. That, that extends it out a bit yeah um, that's exciting though yeah we were actually talking about we got some film clips planned they're um they meant to happen this year but I think. Hopefully, very early next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were saying the with the film clips, um, uh, a, a different approach that you're taking that I thought was really exciting is you're not necessarily choosing the singles. No, that no. you're going, you're more going for an, a bit more of an artistic approach. Well, that's been the most refreshing thing about like a, about music for us now. Um, that we were really giving it a bit of a crack, you know, mm. and, and you sort of can fall into that. Um, stage of uh, like not not writing for Triple J, but like yeah, um, sort of trying to you. You're I, I saw a Rick a Rubin thing. It was like you're writing for the audience or for what you think will be like 
the the popular one or gotcha. whatever. Um, Which is so hard not to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a trap that, like, a lot of um, musicians fall into, like, it, it's successful musicians fall into. Um, but since taking the – just sort of taking over the cafe and everything, we have this studio set up at home. It just – we we just sort of drifted into a completely different sort of um, approach to the mm. music and it was just um, – yeah, I mean, that we, we why it's taken so long is because we've written like fucking 60-something songs or, or like wow. even more, I think. Wow. Like there's so many songs. Wow. Um, and it was sort of, they, it just got further and further away mm-hmm. from what we <laughs> what we were doing. Wow. In, I think, a really good way. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of detached from any thought about how it's going to be received. Yeah, it's I was going to say, um, what governed you to, what governed you selecting the the album tracks from those 60 songs and, and what do you think that that was completely separate from how it would be, would be received? I think so. I mean, like you obviously want the songs. I mean, there are some sort of different kind of almost like eras, which I think will work more together. So like obviously... In the writing. Yeah. Yep. So I think like there's um, some songs from say like the... the that from recent songs that maybe didn't quite work as well with the album tunes. So like mm-hmm. there's just, yeah, and they might be a better song and technically you mm-hmm. think that should be on the album, but if it's not necessarily like gelling. Gotcha. Um, so you're still trying to create something cohesive. Yeah, the album I think still, I still like, I think an album is still like an art form that yep. you need to sort of, yeah, approach it in a certain way. A and body like, of work. Yeah, and it needs... You want it to have like a direction and a feel. Mm. Um, well, we do. And, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I guess, having like a shitload of songs kind of helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have no idea. I mean, we so much of the album I've I've like played once. You know, like it's just. What do you mean? Like, really late at night, just like jamming out, and just like I'll just be like, oh, maybe I'll like play some guitar, and you'll just I'll play it once. But like, yeah, that's cool move on, do something else. And then, you know, like a month later, you're like, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to change it because that's it. That's yeah, the yeah. moment, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the first is best sometimes. Yeah, you know? you've, captured, you've captured a moment in time. <laughs> and so much of the time we've tried to recreate things and it's just like such, you can just go, you can mm. waste so much time mm-hmm. trying to recreate like the feel mm. of that first expression mm-hmm. of an idea. Mm. Um that's why it's so nice having just a, the good enough quality gear at home to just know that that's studio quality. Like I was going to say, so, so is most of or all of the record done at home? A lot of like, so the drums and some of the bass and stuff, it was mm-hmm. done at Infidel. Um, but nearly everything else is just done at home. Yeah. Sick. Like we've got a good, really good mic at home. Um, and That's so freeing. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Does really that mean good. you even make demos anymore? Or is it just like not really? Yeah, you, I mean, you, start, like we do. you create tracks and yeah. you build on them. Yeah, and we'll go get we'll go do mm-hmm. drums and mm-hmm. then yeah, I really want to be able to do drums at home. That yep. would be that's sort of the next thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just really fun just writing like whatever you sort of. It's just kind of whatever comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Where have now that the album is in that kind of. The very, uh, you know, would you say it's at the 99.5, 99.9% yeah, yeah, yeah. point. Are you, um, are you finding or making time for the, the 
for the messy parts of it, the so, like the sitting around, the jamming, the the, be, the being a band. Well, not yet. No, that's no. why it hasn't happened. I mean, we're stuck. We just yeah, we're stuck on the just like the logistics of mm-hmm. finishing the mixes and yeah. then just like that's the bit where I, I personally kind of like lose l- lose the drive a little bit. Yeah, my favorite bit is just writing the songs. <laughs> yes, gotcha. <laughs> um, but we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. It's tricky with the business, you know, like it's, it's oh, very totally. easy to um, forget to put in the time. Yeah, yeah. So did you, do you have a timeline for, for the release? Uh, Early next year, hopefully. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. cool. <laughs> and I think we, I don't know if we, ta- I, th- I think we started on it and then we started talking more about the music, but specifically those music videos. Yeah. Um, you're, you've, you've gone to a production company. Yeah. And you're it's saying. The same, it's the same guy as Crux. Yeah, um, right. That did you were dead. Yep. They're just great. You know, they're great guys. They do I mean, they do a lot of um uh like professional stuff, like mm-hmm. other work, but they um they love doing just like kind of wacky weird things. Mm-hmm. And um they so they did a few of this earlier Safia clips and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um yeah, I mean we spoke to them years ago about doing <laughs> clips, mm. but um yeah, so I've had a bit of time to think about it. And but I I really love that you've you've gone, here's the record, you choose the song. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, that's a, quite an alternative approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's just sort of it's like back, it was back and forth, you know, it wasn't like Gotcha. We were we were just sort of interested what ideas they had. Yeah. Because we also gave them like Lou right kind of has like a a thesis on what like the album kind of is and is about really (laughs) did you guys do that together i mean yeah that was his baby yeah we did sort of do it together but he definitely he definitely did the most of it um he's great at that kind of stuff you know it's just um yeah and that's how he's got you know some of the collaborations and stuff and he's just really good at explaining sort of what it is and what like a mission a mission statement yeah 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 yeah, I remember. Do, I remember doing a mission statement with the Bareback Titty Squad. Yeah, yeah, we like got together. We got a new drummer just for for our our third mix, and he was so excited to get on and start playing the drums with us. Yeah, and we're like, come on over. We're having our first session on the new mix. But I remember him being shout out Kerry Watkins. He was so disappointed that the session was just to write a mission statement together. <laughs> And he's like, guys, he's like, he's got his sticks. He's like spitting them around his fingers. I'm ready like, to go. Yeah, I'm ready to play the drums, guys. When do we start? We're like, no, Kerry, we have to write a mission statement. And we spend like, yeah, we spend like four hours doing this writing. Like what exactly what the Bareback Titty Squad is, isn't what this mix is and what it isn't. And I think we scared him away. Uh, I'm pretty sure like, I think I like, he kind of stopped coming after that. This is what I thought you were getting to with the nappies. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> We're well, going to keep segueing back to my least favourite part of this episode. <laughs> I mean, this was huge, though. This was insane. Yeah. yeah. So I got a th- I have, I've actually had recent thoughts about this, which is pro- this would, of all the things I've done, is the thing that's had the most eyeballs. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think I know why. And I think that there's a purity to this, which never, which the Bareback Titty Squad were never able to replicate after this. This was our first video and it was pure because I don't think we were trying to do anything other than what you see in front of you. Yeah. It was like, this is three guys having fun. Like, oh, like the idea was it is a band that plays with Triple J Hottest 100 in half an hour. And I think it went well because of that. Like it was a, a very, like very simple idea. 
And it was like the next day, wasn't it? No, it no, out or... no, it came out in March. But I love that, that your memory has blurred yeah, that and just like gone that. like... But, but it w- wasn't it that it was quite immediately after? No, I, I, we didn't. See, so here's... And I'll, I'll loop back to that in a sec. Yeah. But basically, we actually just started... We st- So this became quite successful and we got like a booking agent off the back of it and we toured the country twice and it basically set the tone for five years of my life was this band and it all came from the back of this. But like a heroin junkie, we were constantly chasing this, chasing the way that this was received. And, you know, you were talking about with the new, with the new Slow Turismo record, it was, it was no longer, you weren't, your artistic sensibility went back to the art and not about how it was received. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I I can hear the, I was thinking about this project when you mentioned it, because it's so, there's, there's a purity in that. Mm. There's a purity in like just making something, um, uh, because you want to make it and you, because the art itself excites you. Like your show. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, and I think Coburg I played is is an exercise in purity and, and every time I find myself veering off track, like what would the people want? i got to slap myself on the wrist and come back. <laughs> What's well, like, what do I want? That's the art. The people want to see the art that excites me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with the, so basically, the, cut a long story short, the Bareback Titty Squad, our career was this kind of trajectory <laughs> that kind of just went slowly down like that. Um, and by the way, really valuable learning experience. And I loved, I loved the boys and I had such a, like such an amazing time touring and all of the doors of that opened. but every project that we did after that, and you may recall, it was like always like a big project. So there was the hottest 100. We did the DJ mag top 100. Now t- just an example of the lack of purity or the, or the fact that the purity that got sucked out from the one before is uh, my concept was, but if we do the DJ Mag Top 100, all of the acts in the DJ Mag Top 100 are bigger than all of the acts on the Triple J Hottest 100, which means when they share this one, we'll go even bigger. And now, like, that already... So it was... It was, it was already... It was doomed from the beginning. The genesis of the idea was... <laughs> exactly. The genesis of the idea was marketing, not... Yeah. Not, you know, speaking of Peking Duck, there they are. Here's, here's the Hottest 100 Volume 2 now... This is so not pure because it's like, but this is like our fifth mix. And by this point, we're like, all right, let's literally replicate what we've done. But let's like, let's jump out of a plane at the end and let's make it a police chase. And, and whilst like the production level and the, I'm super proud of the production. I th- it's, I, it's, it's an, yeah, still an amazing video. And I wonder if the, you looking back on it is that it didn't uh, top your the first one. first one. It was a failure. Yeah, but I don't think I think these are st- on their own standing up to an amazing piece of entertainment that Thank just you. happened to not get the views of the first one. But yeah, that's still true. like so. It's interesting how you're looking back on this. That yeah, it was like a, a total failure because these were at the time still, you know, talked about in blogs or magazines, that's true. and it was a hotly. Um, People were waiting for this for the next one and stuff. That's I, true. I feel, but it maybe. Yeah, I guess because it, it was never, an expectation thing, it, and, oh, and yeah. expectations are the big. That's the that's the big problem here, right? It's, it's your expectations which will let you down always. It's not life. It's that you expected life to be different. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's like had we not had the expectations set so high um, from the first one, there it is, jumping out of a plane. Can't believe Peak and Duck didn't get it that year. Yeah, Chet Faker instead. Mate, we, when we wrote this, we had to put Chet Faker at the end, and it's like, how do you put Chet Faker at the end of this Giant mega mix? Mega yeah. Mix. yeah. Um, this was the last mix that we made because we, I think, we were kind of a bit disheartened. 
I think seeing it as a failure, yeah, I, th- I think I'm not doing us that. I'm not doing us a service by calling it a failure. It wasn't a yeah, failure, no. but but it certainly didn't meet our expectations. And after a while, it's like kind of felt like we were flogging a dead horse, right? We mm. were just because we kept on like tr- trying to. Here's where we went wrong. By constantly trying to refine an idea and gear it towards an audience, we were drifting further away from our audience. Mm. And so purity is this theme that I've now just trying to be focusing on as an artist um, in what I create and also what I engage with. I, um, uh, you know, I've, I've, when I listen to music, I go, why, why do I, what draws me to, to this? And so much of the music that I listen to, I'm like, now that now I have like a purity radar on it. And it's like, this is so nerdy, but I was driving to the pool the other day, listening to the Offspring's back catalogue, and I got up to, and I listened to literally albums and albums and albums, and I got up to Smash from 1994 and got up to their song Come Out and Play, which was the first single, and that was the biggest Offspring single uh, of the time, and it also made Smash the most successful, the the highest selling independent record of all time, and I'm like, wait... It's because this is so pure. This song is so, so pure. Come Out and Play is the is the peak of the offspring. Every song that they made before Come Out and Play was leading up to Come Out and Play. Every song that they made after that was just trying to trying replicate. Trying to do it. Trying yeah. to do it. Pretty Fly for a White Guy is literally Come Out and Play. It's the same key. It's the same scale. It's the same, like, little... It's the same, like, bossa nova groove. And yeah. it's the same stop-start with a cartoon sound effect in the middle. And all the girlies say, I'm pretty fly for a white guy. Or you got to keep them separated like literally the riff is the same that's come out and play pretty fly for a white guy is and it's like yeah i mean pretty fly for a white guy was actually more more successful but they had a bigger marketing machine behind them but the real purity is in come out and play which is a very very nerdy and long-winded way of saying um purity has been a really really big focus of mine and what i'm looking for in art and what i think that we as an art consuming audience uh subconsciously looking for as well. Mm. I think purity is something that really, it, it's it's actually really obvious when something isn't and when something yeah. is trying to just, get, you know, cast the widest net or appeal to the largest amount of people. Yeah. 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 Sorry, that was a... No, I love it. I mean, it's, that's, that's, I think that's like part of what's so exciting in the, within, in the scene right now as well. Like say, I mean, I'm obviously biased because I just love them, but like say Mild Life, you know, that's, yes. that's a band that just, um, they don't, they're not conforming to any of the, prior sort of uh like categories that would make you Mm. successful in the australian music i mean you had to be on triple j you had to have like i mean that was just kind of the only that's so refreshing whereas there i mean i don't know how personally successful the guys are but Mm. i know i mean the band is just killing it Mm -hmm. and um they're like a kind of proggy jazz electronic band you know like it's and they it was packed in camp, like mm-hmm. for for the Canberra show, mm-hmm. and, and like people. I mean, I, I I had a great time. Seemed like everyone else had a great yeah, time, yeah, but yeah. it's you know that's like that's a very different style of music, and yeah. you've got like Surprise Chef. There's like there's a whole yeah bunch of bands that are coming up, just doing. Like they're very much their own thing. Yeah, and, 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 and <laughs> do you think it's really obvious as well that that they're not trying to be anything? That it's I, like, I mean, they're just doing their thing and yeah, that's I mean, what's they're working. All good at, they're all good at what they're doing. I mean, they're good at marketing and they're good at, they're good at all that stuff. Right. But um, the music is like, yeah, it just, yeah. it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that's what I think anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that's an interesting concept as well, like the to try and then chase purity, which defeats the purpose yeah, of what yeah. purity is. It's like, hey, we should be more like them because they're really pure. Yeah. Uh, and then you defeat the purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that Mild Life gig earlier. That's what I referenced with um, you guys graduating. <laughs> and, and I didn't mean that to come across as like a condescending, more of just like a you've, you've literally grown. Yeah. Um, because suddenly it kind of puts you guys on the map as, as like being a very, like a worthy venue of having a band, like a touring band, like Mild Life mm. come through. What do you think this means for the future of Gang Gang having a band like Mild Life come through, treating them really well, which you, which you <laughs> would have done, uh, and then selling, selling that many tickets as well. Yeah, I mean, well, immediately, like, so there, I didn't realize until he, he got there that their the sound guy is also um, from OKEG. Do you know the Live Electronic um, Melbourne Act? Oh, okay. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I mean, we just immediately just hit him. I'm like, dude, would you come, want, want to come back up? Like, we're going to do like a Live Electronic Festival. What do you reckon? He's like, yeah, sure. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's and great. then, um, yeah, I mean, it just immediately, like, yeah, it just gets easier to book people when, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it's like anything, you know, if you know someone that's done mm -hmm. something and, oh, yeah, it was good, it was bad. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so is that this kind of thing, this kind of caliber is something that you want to keep aiming for? Is this the ballpark you're moving towards? I mean, hopefully, yeah. yeah there's yeah, there's, um, there's a few people we'd really like to get down mm -hmm. um, and that's the idea for us. And, and it's tricky. I mean, we um, we lost out on a couple of, like, we, we always go for grants, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's like something we spent a bit of time on, yeah. um, but it's been good. You know, we've, we've got a couple and, um, that's, yeah, you realize there's like a little bit of a, uh, what, what we see, so, sort of have seen as like a bit of a gap in the Canberra music scene and something that could benefit is, um, just more interstate interaction with local industry, um, local artists. Cool. And trying to basically, so that was, we just want to do, we want to bring more bigger interstate bands down that have all the bells and, you know, they've got the booking agent, they've got the manager. Nice. Um, and you put on, give, give it the opportunity to local supports. That's kind of one of our things we, ah, we say, like we nice. get, we get to pick the supports, you know? Cool. And, um, and is that normal? Is that industry standard? I mean, or is that yes you guys and no. messing? Yes and no. I don't know. I mean, we. I don't know. Like, uh, I, love, <laughs> I love this. The, the theme of I don't know. We just do. That's um, so that's yeah. But then you realize, you know, that in a grant application, we're going to do less gigs, but like, and bring interstate people in. They don't want to hear that. You know, they want to hear more opportunities for local artists. Yeah, and that it feels weird to sort of veer away from that. But um, mm. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll get to do a bit of both. <laughs> awesome. What it, and the question on my lips? What does this mean for do you, Do you foresee the worlds of slow turismo and gang gang ever intersecting? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I was like, how do I sensitively ask this? You're like, mate, I'm, that, I'm all across Every Saturday night. Night. It's like you're just handing out flies. Follow us on Instagram. How do Start you... just playing the playing the album in the cafe. I mean, you, you fucking should, right? So how do you foresee how do you foresee those that those worlds colliding? Aside uh, from the fact that you are both of those worlds. <laughs> I mean, I think that if we're going to do it, I mean, it's just that's where we'll do our launch. I think. Um, oh, sick. Yeah. It seems so obvious now that you say it, but also <laughs> that is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just, 
makes it would just be yep. makes sense. Yeah. And fun. then and what about when you were you're talking about like giving opportunities to local bands in terms of supports? Yeah. Is that is is would you could you foresee like oh, okay, obviously you wouldn't abuse that and do that all the time, but you know the, the right band comes along, and slow tourism would be the perfect support. Is that the kind of thing that you you would jump on? Uh I know that's a pretty hard, that's a hard question. I have not thought about that to be honest. No. Um, I mean, some... which is an indication of this man's purity that he's not <laughs> once thought about using his own venue to his advantage. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, probably not. Yeah, right. Yeah. So is that it's a bit that, weird? I was going to say, is the reason to give that give that opportunity to other bands? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, that's kind of yeah, and also to just like host our favorite bands oh, that's <laughs> see that's the shit it's, self, it's all self-serving that's, that's, that's where our, that's where our worlds intersect actually. yeah that's i mean right. you're having fun you know you're booking people that you fucking love that's right? it and i mean that's kind of what that's what we want to do and after 18 episodes i booked myself <laughs> and, and did the 333 episode yes. which was li literally just me djing on my own show because people were like when are you going to do it yourself and i'm like it's coming <laughs> it's and that cool. went well right i mean it's got yeah, a lot yeah. of plays yeah yeah people people like that one I, I, bang and mix thank you yeah i'm stoked with that mix and i love that that's a, I love that that's a mix that that kind of goes up on the digital shelf forever yeah. And I can always dust. Solid. Three, Thanks, man. 333. Three, three, three. Yeah, I can dust, dust well. that off and go, like, I still look at that and that's a piece, that's a piece of work where that was very pure. Yeah. I was very like, uh, this, I did You've not loved dance music. You've loved yeah. electronic music yeah. for a long time. Totally, you know, totally. You've been a big fan. Um, yeah, big fan. And this is, yeah, the, the Coburg I played and the 333 three mix and the way I engage with dance music now is really fulfilling. Yeah. Because it's... um. And DJing in general, this is a PSA, but anyone who ever thought about DJing, do it. It's like, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing and so tactile to touch the music. Yeah. You're touching it and, and moving it and manipulating it. It's like how, like how can, uh, you know, for me, um, uh, without being a music producer, an electronic music producer, that's a whole another te technological hurdle, which I'm interested in potentially crossing one day, but without actually getting that far. But for, to interact with the music on that level is, is such an amazing thing. Um, so, yeah, I think with Coburg I Played, it's just taking that, that next step of like now interacting with the artists yeah. as yeah. well that are making it. Yeah. Um, I've got the next the next artist is coming in a couple of weeks. Ooh. From Germany, yeah. Germany. Which, Can we uh, get the sneaky the leak? Who we got? Well, I, can't, I can't, okay, I won't give you the leak, but what I will give you is a clue. <laughs> and that is that I've booked a magician. Uh, so something we do and something that I love doing, because something I also have always loved is comedy. Yeah. And um, so, and talk shows. And, and I've, I always loved um, Sean McAuliffe, the mm. McAuliffe program. He used to do a, he always did a gag at the beginning of each episode, like a visual gag. Like he'd come out and sit on a stool and drink from a, like a, a cocktail with a, with a the wedge of pineapple in it and put it down and it would be not a, 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 not a thing. And so I started writing over the last 35 episodes of Coburg I Play, just starting putting like a little visual gag at the beginning and so like you know i've been like i've appeared with no clothes on and then i realize that the cameras are filming and i duck under the under the decks and there's a quick cut and i come back fully clothed or like i've done backstroke over the back where i was literally swimming on one of the camera operators backs um uh and there's been all kinds of things like that but i was like okay here's your clue um this time i've hired a magician and he's bringing um a, a cage full of doves which i'll then unleash when the cameras start rolling, I say, ladies and gentlemen, joining us in the garage tonight. And there's going to be a, literally a cage full of doves flying around my 
three by three meter squared um, garage whilst I introduce the next act. So there's your clue. You there's your clue. Interesting. I'm bad with like that kind of stuff. Something so. came to mind, but I don't think it's this. But Prince? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Prince will be coming back from the band. <laughs> But no, no, something for the people at home to uh, to think of it. Speculate on, yeah. So keep an eye out. And I would say the new season of Kobak of Lake coming out, but it's no longer in seasonal format, which I'm really stoked about. It's just I'll just have a new episode coming yeah. out. Coming you know? out when it's yeah. coming out. Exactly. It's coming out and I don't think I'll announce it as seasons anymore. That was it. That when Coburg Up Late became Unpures was when I was thinking about the Instagram posts and when mm. to time them. The and rollout. All, yeah. yeah, the rollout yeah. and and that did start to consume me a lot and it took me away from why I was doing it. Mm. So yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't, you know, when you get, you'll get your Coburg up late when you get your Coburg up late and I'm probably not going to announce it. I'm just going to put it out. And as soon as it's out, I'm done with it. And, but I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't wait and we need more pure people like you guys in, in the world. So up until now we've been pissing in the wind. <laughs> Thank you. Bring it back again. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you so much for popping in and uh, great to chat and looking forward to uh, what's next. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Legends. Good chat. Thanks, Thanks for watching everyone at home. Cheers. <laughs>